and we're live hi guys welcome to the episode of the new sports and podcast i'm your host david and i know you're surprised why am i recording on a friday morning well um been a quite busy week for me i mean similar to how monday was like i was recording on monday and recording on tuesday morning it's quite similar i was recording on thursday had it been thursday so it's it's like that for me but i'm here um ready to go and to you know to give my takes as a take as always so in the last two three days tuesday wednesday thursday we've had a lot of european football a lot of football in general so i'm not talking about champions league and i am including the roma versus fire Nord game um from yesterday night because it has something to do with sports or both 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 ma- the managers or whatever anyways you'll find out in today's episode so without further ado let's take it to this episode Okay, so we start our race our, or our um, journey today um, at the Allianz Arena, the second leg between Bayern Munich and Manchester City. Listen, I, I think the first leg went 3 0. I think it was done. I think it was done already. I think I did say, I think it was done. I think it was that one and the Real Madrid game. I thought, yeah, these two games are done. Because um, there was no way Bayern was ever going to beat Man City with a clean sheet. That's one. And two, you know. Man City clearly, you know, with the tactics that they've deployed in that first half, they completely dominated Bayern Munich. So, you can understand that the second leg was never going to give you that, you never just get that feeling, you just never got that feeling that Bayern were going to be. And on that, also, also wants us to consider is the fact that, you know, if you went, if you went by that high margin in the first leg, the second leg, is not like you don't feel like attacking, it's just that you have less to lose. So, you're on, on more of like, not like you're in defense, not you're in defense mode or anything, but um you don't really feel the need to really put in as much energy into attacking and scoring as you would in the second leg now you know the other team are the ones that need to do it so your the way you the way you play it tends to be different you know you have more of a real you have, you have less pressure on you let's put that you have less pressure on you to perform and more like you see the best of the and obviously the other team will be the ones that will probably look like but, but i don't think that was the case because man city even went to this game and still continue their damage on on bayern i mean if you check i mean they had a penalty the, and penalty. I, I don't know why anybody's debating why it's a penalty because when it happened, I checked out Twitter. People were like trying to debate. I was like, why are you were debating? His hand was in the way, even though his hands were behind his back. You know, he dropped his hand last minute and the ball touched his arm and ch- sort of changed the direction of the ball. So it's a penalty. Technically, he he actually altered it because he changed the direction of the ball with his hand. So it's a penalty. Haaland misses the penalty. And you no, know, it's it's no problem. You know, everybody misses penalty once in a while, and it happens. I think, was it Kimmich that scored first or Haaland eventually scored? One of the two of them scored, but I know the game ended 1-1. And um, a lot of persons are, the, the usual noise here every season. Are Man going to win the Champions League this season? Are they going to win the Champions League this season? Well, we'll find out because their opponents in the semis will be Real Madrid. And um, that is where football heritage come in, comes in, right? Because remember last season, I, 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 I made this joke earlier, even in my last episode, I talked about how I think winning Champions League sometimes, most, or most of the time, Football heritage tends to come in, you know. It's like it's sort of a mentality thing. For example, I will come to Real Madrid very soon, but obviously, I think basically you know we have the same I'm going to mention next because of who I've already included in this, right? But football heritage comes in, right? So even last season when they played against Real Madrid, football heritage um, in the this Champions League final against Chelsea, yeah, we all argue that okay, Pep, this, 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 Pep was trying to be clever. Well, football heritage, let's be real, <laughs> it's just a theory, the ball. My point I'm trying to make is with Real Madrid, the football heritage, 
and then the way they approach the Champions League and the way Man City approach the Champions League, it's it's different. So, are Man City going to be in, in this kind of? Is, is the question always going to be the same? Are they going to win it this time? I think <coughs> I think they're in a better position or they're a better place to do it this time than they did last time. For example, watching Tifo football this morning, talking about their champ- they were analyzing Man City's treble chances. And they looked at the teams, the games they have to play left, the games they have left, and the teams they have to play left. And then they also analyzed the squad. And I found that the last, all the Champions League exits that they've suffered, you know, especially the one, in the, the Champions, the one they got knocked out last season, there was no striker. And that was a very good point. And somebody, I was sorry, somebody also made mention of the fact that Chupomoting was the Bayern Munich striker and Haaland was the striker for Man City. So there was that difference. That cough in class between both teams. That, that I think that was one of the things that you probably say, okay, this was probably a decider. Because when you look at who's the man up front, you weigh them up front, and it's a kind of fixture that is decided on, on teams like that. And you know, Bayern Munich didn't have the man, and Man City had the man, and you know, and the man was the one who ended up scoring. I think he's got three goals over the two legs. So you can you can make that. There's that point to be made that yes, so they missed a striker last season. They were knocked out. They were, they were without a striker. So there's that argument to be made. I think Champions League final, I think they played without a striker. What did Aguero play that final? I can't remember if Aguero played that final. But they were without a striker and Real Madrid had by um, Benzema. Because on that, and you, you say, well, it's just lazy to say they, they were missing a striker. Well, according to the T4 um, football um, video I was watching, and they were talking about their XG and the chances they missed, which was very true. I remember Manchester missing some chances last season against Real Madrid. So there is that, and Manchester Real Madrid had Benzema. So, who's probably, I mean, if you, if you look at the last two to three years, he is the best striker in the world over the last two to three years in terms of performance, impact. You would argue that, yes, I mean, the Champions League win for, for Real Madrid last season was largely down to him, right? And I think, the, I'll, say last, I'll say last two to three years because this year, this is going to the, this is probably going to go to make it the third year. You know, we'll probably see this Benzema version. I think 2021, 2022, 2023. Anyways, ignore the math. There is more. Is it, I'm just calculating it based on exactly the year I started seeing him doing. Anyways, you get what I'm trying to say. But I'm saying that you know, in the last two or three years, Benzema has been the guy up front. You know, in terms of strikers, it's going to three years now. So we've we've seen we've seen um, we've seen that happen for a very right. So I think it's a good. That's a good point to make. Now with Haaland up front and the way Guardiola utilizes Haaland, if you check in the league, I mentioned I was in the space and somebody mentioned this, right? It's a Man City fan. I think the Man is a Man City fan. Man City. If Haaland scores two goals, he goes off, right? If he gets his two goals, he goes off. You know, the, I, I, it's a way to try and keep him fresh, bring on Julian Alvarez. You know, so I kind of understand how Pep is utilizing the guy, and probably leaving his weapon, his um, favorite um, bullet or favorite arrows sharp as possible it's like sharpening the edge every time every time you use it and you get it you, you sharpen the edge again you know when I use it for practice you sharpen the edge every time you know it's a way to try and I don't know man but Masters have the chance but then that semi-final will make me decide would probably change my mind not I mean yes obviously if they win the semi-final they are in the final right so you probably feel but winning that the fi- winning that fixture will probably change a lot of things because I mean yeah you say well they beat Real Madrid in the, in the I think the quarterfinals on the on the way to win, to the Champions League final against Chelsea. Yes, that is very true. But you also remember that you know the final against Chelsea, there were a major factors again, like Pep trying to be too smart. You know, Pep trying to be too smart and trying trying out his tactics, and which severely backfired. You know, so <laughs> there is that. But I think with the way they are set up now and the amount of tactics that Pep has to pull out of the bag, 
he has his you know that formation he was playing earlier in the season where they would have this back four um and then the left back the right back talks inside and the left back becomes like an auxiliary winger they were doing that with Cancelo a lot and then mid-season when Cancelo left they switched to that system although they decided with Kolev was there then Benatiba started playing that left back extra midfielder role they have that they have that 4-2-4 that they used against Arsenal in the second half they have that formation to fall back on and with the amount of flexibility that their squad has that they can easily arrange and shift, shift and change the players will probably the players that were versed in these formations I mentioned and now they have their current one they are utilizing which is 3-2-4-1 formation that they are using which has fullbacks and they are playing with that fullbacks so when you look at the way they are set up let's be real here Man City they they have they have they have, I think they are, they are better prepared this time are they going to win it? I don't know because Real Madrid are a different animal entirely. They are a different machine entirely. They are a different machine, different different beast to try and tame. And that's why I just, you know, I'm just looking forward to that particular fixture. Yeah. And speaking of Real Madrid, Real Madrid completed the job on Chelsea, which obviously made me very happy. I mean, everybody knows I don't like Chelsea, right? So it's <laughs> it's pretty obvious, you know. But Real Madrid won. I mean, it was the way they toyed with Chelsea, especially for that second goal. It was like a stroll into the net from um, Rodrigo. And one, one thing you also we also have to remember, Real Madrid and counter-attacks, you, they are inseparable. I mean, in this game, actually, I would tell you that their second goal, I mean, the, the first goal, sorry, the second goal was more of a proper team goal, where it was moves, the passing moves and all that. But that first one just had that feeling, right, where it looked like, you know, the break, let's chat. Because the ball, I think this guy, it was a foot race between um, Rodrigo and Chaloba, right? And Chaloba slides tackles and Rodrigo gets the entire and pushes the ball forward and... Chaluba, sorry, Rodrigo has acres of space to run into. Runs in, I think plays the ball across. I think it was Vivedo who got it eventually. Didn't really go in and then pass and Rodrigo comes back and scores. Rodrigo scores, has a brace. Now, let's 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 analyze Real Madrid a bit, right? Even though, you know, I mean it's Real Madrid, right? Football heritage will get it. But I think it's a perfect example of the football heritage being proven, yeah. If you say want to mention the best right wingers in the world or the best left wingers in the world. Most persons won't put Rodrigo, sorry, rest right wingers. Most persons won't mention Rodrigo among the top. If you mention, okay, let's mention five right wingers. Rodrigo doesn't come to mind for most people. I mean, yes, there are fans who will say, but if you ask, go around, people will say, well, some people will say Salah, some people will say, you know, mention names, right? But Rodrigo will probably somebody that, it's somebody that people will not really remember. I'm not saying people will not mention him, I'm just saying most people will not mention Rodrigo when you, those kind of conversations. Vinicius, Vinicius is most recently started entering those kind of conversations. But even last season, it was still meh, meh, you know, people were still trying to say, is it, is it not, is it not? I think it's more of, it's a, it's a more different equation, um, conversation for Vinicius. So, I'm not going to really talk much about Vinicius, but I'm going to talk about, but Rodrigo is a lot more. But he's so productive, he's so effective for their team, every single time. Even though he's the less, he's the one that is less um, celebrated, relatively celebrated, even though people do appreciate his work and all that, but it's something that people don't really talk about, okay, that this guy is actually being productive every, almost every time. He can play up front, can play on the right. I remember when Benzema was out injured, he played up front, effectively. Played up front, scored goals, I think it was last season. They are, they are, they are, when they won the La Liga last season, there are games where he played up front. When Benzema was injured, Benzema was out, he played up front, and, and they played Verde on the right. I think they played this guy on the left, um, Vinicius. So, if we say that we're Real Madrid, they are very big. And this is where where a lot of things are beginning to... A lot of, I think a lot of people have not really understood this. A lot of people have not noticed it in the last few years, right? Real Madrid are recruiting young stars. And 
I, I, I don't know how they do it. And the point is that they recruit these young stars for big money, right? I mean, Vinicius was at the age of 16, 38 million, was 38 million pounds, 38 million euros. I think I'll say, I think it's euros. 38 million euros for Vinicius, right? This is the amount of money clubs will spend on ready-made center backs at the time, not now. I mean, football nowadays, as you know, money has ruined, money has ruined the game, right? I can't remember how much was spent on Rodrigo though. I can't. I don't think I checked that. But Hendrik, you just signed Hendrik, right? Hendrik is about to join. He's 16. He turn, when he, he turns 18, he will join. So I think he signed it last year. I think he's gonna join them next year. He'll probably be 18 by the time. Now he's going to grow. And then when you see Real Madrid perform, you're like, whoa, how is he doing this? I think I watched the TFO against both football. I watched them when they talked about Real Madrid, how they're unearthing these talents and trying to do this thing because. You know, clearly now the Real Madrid financially are not this. The, in 2008, 9, 10, 7, you see those periods, Real Madrid had this Galactico model, right? Where they always get one back and they were the ones throwing money around. Introduction of people, teams like Man City, Bayern Munich, and most recently Newcastle means that competition for players in the market. And it's not even another thing you should also notice is this Real Madrid, even when this team, this, I mean, this guy, Man City's takeover was 2008. PSG took about, I think it was 2012 or 2011. So it's not like this thing, it's not like it's a new thing. Real Madrid were not still signed because Real Madrid signed Bale in 2013, right? Real Madrid was still signing the creme de la creme in terms of the cream of the crop, top players, right? We're still doing that. Even, the, But I think in the recent season, a lot of all these other teams like Man City and PSG, they're beginning to have enough global skin in the game compared to Real Madrid. So Man City, for example, 2008, 2009, I remember when Robinho signed and Robinho was thinking he was going to Chelsea. Right, and you know, most, in fact, Mark Hughes even one time said that some of the players in the Man, Man City, you mean Manchester United, like most people, lots of fans in no Man City. So, so money wasn't enough. PSG to the same thing. Somebody told you PSG, oh well, PSG back in 2012. At that time, I think PSG were even, I can't remember where they were, but Montpellier just won the Ligue 1 at that time, around that period. That was when Giroud moved to Arsenal. Giroud was a striker for Montpellier and then moved to Arsenal. So. Recently, as a result of a lot of global moves, so like PSG's um, deal with, uh, apart from winning the French Ligue Paris being a prop, a city that is very, very popular, like a lot of persons, in terms of cities, Paris, London, you know, Madrid, you know, these are t- places, right? So, Real Madrid already have that with, with Madrid, with the fact that it's Madrid, and then PSG with Paris, so they just have to build on top, build on top of that. I mean, if, if it was maybe another team, maybe another team that PSG, had this PSG money, I don't know if the marketing would have been the same, but the marketing app they're able to grow that global audience. So even though the French Ligon still has a reputation of eh, it's not easy enough, most big some big players really don't want to go, to go there because of the fact that oh, it's a big, big it's the French Ligon. There's still that global appeal about it. Okay, it's Paris, it's um, PSG among the teams in that conversation of you know top teams. Then Man City also, right? Yes, Manchester United. It was a lot of work for them to really come out of the shadows of Manchester United because Manchester United's success was really, really but I would argue this, this is my argument. I would have this argument. I would say that a lot, a large reason why Man became this new face, or some of the reasons why, I'll mention some of the reasons. Ferguson retiring, Manchester United kind of entering this period where they just became second fiddle, and Man just overtook them and started winning. That's one. Not just the win, also, there was a marketing appeal of their competition with Liverpool. Their competition with Liverpool was the, that, the marketing appeal of that. That competition with Liverpool. Because a lot of football fans of Liverpool, a lot of people who hate Liverpool just because it is Liverpool. There are people who hate Liverpool. So, 
2013 14, when Liverpool, Man City win the league, they catch Liverpool. After Liverpool were on top of the league, I think for some time, and then Man City came, came back, fought Liverpool, and then won the league, right? There's that season, there's that, there's that rivalry. Even though it was already there, it was sort of, it wasn't very obvious. And then that period when Guardiola and Klopp just started having that back and forth, you know, the competition between both of the teams, and they were really, really going at it, scoring goals. Attacking football, getting high high points numbers. I don't know if if we can see those kind of high point numbers again. Maybe you might see it again, but the way those guys were winning, the level they were playing at, they were playing at. I mean, the, the, the magic for error was so slim. Ninety-seven points would win the league, and this is but ninety-seven points didn't win Liverpool the league. So all these little little things Manchester were doing, the marketing it was it was helping them marketing wise. Now I think obviously I think I have not lost my train of thought though. But the point I'm still making is I'm trying to tie this to Real Madrid. So, if you look at the last few years, Man City have been able to build that appeal. Even though Manchester is not really a city people think about and a place people think about and say, well, I want to... Compared to Paris, London and Madrid, most people will not really look at Manchester as a city. It's more of London they will look at and not Manchester. But Manchester United did try, but Man City has been able to build that kind of appeal in most recent years. So, now, if, if Man City still want to sign a player, they're trying to compete for a player with Real Madrid. Yes, Real Madrid have the heritage. Yes, they have the name and all that, right? The money factor is still there, but Man City have been able to build their own reputation enough such that even if you're not playing for Real Madrid, playing for Man City still has that ring to it. That oh, I'm playing for Man City. Oh, I play for PSG. It still has that, you know. Although Real Madrid was Real Madrid, Barcelona was with Barcelona. This is this is that is the real football heritage we're talking about. So Real Madrid have made sure to get all these guys in at a very young age and bring them in and improve their squad. And they still make smart purchases. Let's be real here. I mean, getting Rudiger for free, Alaba for free. Uh, Militao, I think 45 million from Porto. So their scouting is still good. Courtois from Chelsea, although the way that transfer happened, again, football heritage playing a key, a key role in that transfer. The and Courtois is still good enough. And obviously, we're looking at the way people have age. Courtois still has time on his hands, right? So he even still improve. Still has time on his hands. So and he's still very good because he was still making good saves against Chelsea on the night. So Real Madrid are in a very good place. You know, I think they they are they are they are their recruitment strategy has been spot, and they've been very lucky also with Modric's longevity. I'm listening. I'm not saying that the wound are going to be for Modric. I'm just saying that Modric being this good, even at this age, still being able to dictate play at this age, is real here. It is. It is. It is really, really, real. It is really, really, really good to 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 see that. But yeah, I, I think I think Real Madrid. That that's why I said that semi final between Real Madrid and Man City is really going to be tough. It's really something that people will really really want to look forward to. And see, I want to see that. I, th- I think I think whoever wins that fixture wins the competition. This is me. I think who wins that. I'm saying this. I am the one saying this. Who wins that fixture wins the competition. Because if you look at the semis, the other two teams in the semis, I'm not saying they are bad. I'm not saying they are awful. But um, by virtue of momentum, because of momentum, I mean, these two teams, if they win, they are effectively eliminating, either of them are eliminating the toughest team in the competition. So if you eliminate the toughest team in the competition, there's a different level of confidence it gives you in the final. Yeah, you the way you approach the final is completely different from how you would approach it if you were facing maybe if you had the quite easier. It's it's kind of different. It's it's awakening. It raises it raises your levels. So whoever wins this cup fixture is who I think is gonna win. And speaking of semis, the other two semis, uh, um, we have a Milan derby in the other semi. So I'll start with Inter Milan. Inter Milan completed the job. I mean, they won. They beat Benfica 2-0 last week, and then they came back. And this was a 3-3 draw. I think they, they went 3-1 up, and then Benfica equalized to make it 3-3. But I think the tie was already done. I think 3-3, it was done already. 
which um, which is interesting because Inter Milan are in semi-final. This is the first time in 10 years or 20. I think it was 2010, so probably 13 years or so. 10 years or more than that. I think 2010. Can't remember when. But if more than 10. Let's say more than 10 years <laughs> because I can't remember them in 2010 when they won it, right? But the other one I can't remember. 2011. I don't know. Whatever. But Man City are in the, they're in the semis, Inter Milan, and um, three-three draw. I mean, there's nothing much to say about that. I think it was a very, very good tie. I mean, end to end, as a neutral, you see goals, bam, bam, bam. I mean, as if, if you're a fan of either of the teams, I don't know if you're a fan of, if you're an Inter fan, you won't really care that much because you're already taking the lead. And even the fact, I, listen, the fact that you, your opponent were able, was able to equalize, I think in the long run, it should worry you a bit. As, as a sports fan, I've seen this happen before again. Oh, sports are winning. But there's something wrong. If everybody ignores that, well, you, then also there's also the argument that well, Inter Milan didn't care, so it was just a competition. Well, that's a good argument to make. But we'll see how that that pans out. Then AC Milan completed the job. Um, they drew against Napoli away, one-one draw, and then you, and then when they won two leg two over on aggregate. I want to talk about Manion, right? Their goalkeeper, Manion, AC Milan's goalkeeper. I am looking back at. 2021, I think it was 2021 that Lille won the Ligue 1. 2021, it was 2022, one of the two years, I think it was 2021. Manion, this points back to the, the reason why I always have this with sports, not moving on players at the right time. Someone like Hugo Lloris, right, he has had, he has had costing sports for a long time now, for some time now. And most of the time, when, and a lot of times when fans raise the point of Lloris leaving, people always counter and say, well, he's Francis captain. Is Francis' first choice goalkeeper? We get it. We're not disputing that. But so far, there's the, we are worried because you know his levels are not the same again. I love people who say, "Well, it is he's Francis' captain." I don't know. It could, again, I think the club should have moved Loris on at that time. Yes, oh, he should have got a new contract. He had two. I think he had two years left on his deal. I think that was very smart. I said, "Listen, we well, want to bring somebody in." Why not bring in Manion in and sell Loris? Because Manion is coming in as the first choice. Goalkeeper, right? Ready-made from Legon, Lille, and he's still good. He's fantastic. I mean, I think he saved the penalty, if I remember correctly. Or was it this guy that missed it? Okay. I think, because I think it's, Napoli won a penalty, then it was, it was saved. Or was it saved by Manion or something? And also, even before then, Manion was putting in good saves. Good saves against Spurs. Good saves also in this picture. So, in the other leg also, good saves also, right? So, Manion... He's a good goalkeeper. And that is another, I think it's another missed opportunity for sports. There was one where I don't know, if it's like trying it's like this, right? You're driving a car. Um you're driving a car and then it's getting close. It, it's still good, but you know, there's a period where you feel like I think it's time to sell. And then you sell and get a new one quickly before and then when whoever you sell it to starts the car starts experiencing problems. Right? It's that kind of situation where you look at it like that. So I, I think there was a very big mistake by, with, with sports not doing it. And now sports and the by goalkeeper, Loris's issues are already showing. And Loris should have gone to if him going back to France, the French Ligon, wasn't a bad thing. Going back to I think his club, was it Nice? Because the end of Sandy Cast Schmeichel instead, Schmeichel instead, right? I think it was Nice, he came from Lyon. One of the two teams. It was not Lyon. If he goes back to France, his former club, Lyon, and he plays for his first team that he was playing for which I can't remember which of them. So they play for France. There are players who play for France and play in France and they still get played. They are CC, plays for Monaco, still starts for France. So I don't understand why even Matuidi, Matuidi plays for PSG, he was playing for France. Mbappe, PSG, plays for France. So, you know, what are we saying here? I mean, it's not like it's it's a strange thing. I mean, if you look at this French squad, 
a lot of the players play in France. A lot of the French players play in France. So it's not it's not like it's um, it was a downgrade. It's not like he's, he was lose his role immediately. It's just about sports having this long long term planning. And now they are in this bunch of requests. Like they wait for it to get too late, and then it's okay. Let's start looking for people, which again explains why I believe that they have problem with planning. You know, but that's it. And now the reason the hour you've been waiting for the Roma versus final game and why this game relates to sports. Well. The two managers have been, have been have some form of history, or they've been linked with sports, right? Mourinho has been linked with sports before. He really got the sports manager, and slots he's been linked. He has been linked with sports, and there's this general opinion that, you know, he's close. He's the he's the front runner in that race for the for the sports role. That's one. Then Mourinho managed sports before. You all know, sat a week before the final, which again I still maintain is a ridiculous decision. To this very day and sports are, are very very that was a very ridiculous decision but you know that's that's I've, I've, I've spoken about that thing multiple times so there's no need to talk about it again so yeah so um so sports win um, so Roma winning for one now why does it look good sports is it what after, apart from the fact that and slot has been linked with sports and his slot won the first leg one and lost the second leg four one now a lot of sports fans will raise eyebrows whoa you're ahead how come and looking at and also the fact that um, final was 1-1 at this 1-1 at 89 minutes Dybala scores to make it 2-1 people will say well he could not hold out he could not see out the game to get to the semi-finals there are a lot of fans that would say that and um, and, and part of those fans that would probably think look at that and folks raise an eyebrow and say well you know there is there's, there's some there's a bit of a worry here what's happening here you know there's, there's a fan that, that's the way some of us might feel and then Mourinho winning this one 4-1 he's on the, he's on the semi-final again and the way things are going Let's be real. Mourinho has a great chance of winning this competition. I know Sevilla is still in it. Sevilla has a very good heritage in this competition. They have that, you know, football heritage. But I mean, Mourinho faces player Leverkusen in the semis, and I think this guy is on a 12-game unbeaten run. Um, Ajabi Alonso. Ajabi Alonso is the next Mourinho player, and I, I remember recently when a lot of people say, "Well, this guy is Pep's student," and Pep's student. I was like, I think you know, it's a bit unfair to just say Pep's student alone. When Mourinho, Benitez, um, and Celotti, these managers have played a role in um, Jabi Alonso's career. They've sort of imputed in, they sort of taught him the ways, taught him the ropes, basically managed him. So he must have picked up a thing or two from each of these managers. They're really applying. But listen, that same is going to be interesting, probably going to be emotional and all. But again, I think I've danced around the question why is it related to sports? Well, Mourinho won his uh, sorry, Conference League trophy last season, right? Conference League, Europe, Queen Conference League last season. He won that. He's not cost to win the Europa League. If he wins the Europa League, this is further, and this is another reason why you should even get angry at the ownership of Spurs. Because Mourinho again, Mourinho comes to Spurs, there's a bit of a dent, he didn't win at Spurs. He has gone to Roma, won, goes to Roma, wins on his first season, doesn't end there. He's on course to lift on that European trophy. These are two European trophies that Spurs would even hope to lift, right? And then against um, Zagreb, he got knocked out against Zagreb with Spurs, which you know even the people will say, well, uh, Mourinho did a bad job. That well, he's doing a good job as another team. So again, if Mourinho struggled at Spurs, you have to look at the ownership and say, well, he struggled at Spurs. Uh, you know what? You know why I keep reiterating this because it seems to me like a lot of fans don't really understand or don't even really talk about this enough. We have to start looking at the ownership. looking at the ownership and saying, well, the ownership. How come this guy is doing well somewhere else, and how come he's, why does he struggle here, but he's doing well anywhere else? These are conversations that fans should be having, but they are not having them. 
and this is where we, we a lot of times I, I tend to have a problem you know with, with a lot of fans you know, blaming on the manager oh the manager's fault and then you be like wait a minute you, know, you realize that there is actual there is somebody in this job in this club who you should be pointing your finger to I'm thinking of the person I'm talking about I was reading um, was there an interview with Harry was talking about how he thinks he's doing a good job and he was about to and again you see one of the things in life is people who think they are doing a good job and but they are not no matter how much you tell them you can't change their mind but because they believe they are doing a good job you see people like that they are the ones that are <laughs> very frustrating to deal with I promise you <laughs> but we're seeing that with with with, uh, with, with sports you know it's clear you're not doing a good job it, again you know if Marino wins the Europa League be ready because I mean I'm going to be among persons who will obviously raise this conversation if I'm being real with you I'll probably be, I'll be among them because you know he's doing well currently oh well Roma well, they are they are in the top four. Is they they were third before Juventus had their fifteen points. Um, um, just the recent where were they? Their fifteen point deduction it was reversed, so they are back third. Roma are on, I think they are fourth. Roma are fourth at the moment. Is it fourth or second or third? I think they are fourth. They were third before. I can't remember. I think the last or second. I can't. I, I can't. I can't remember who's. I only remember who's the top. I think Roma, Roma. I know Juventus eventually passed, went to pass Roma. I think Roma, Roma were third, and Juventus became third because of this 15 points deduction that they've reversed. But you see what I'm talking about, right? He's in the top four race that most of you talked about. He's on course. He has won the European trophy with them already. On course to win another. Listen, people say, well, it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. I get it. But Mourinho in the European semi against a relatively a rookie like Javier Alonso because this is Javier Alonso's first gig. Come on, let's be real. Let's be real. We all know who's likely going to win that semi. And then Mourinho is going to be in the final. Remember Mourinho in the final, in the European final? In the final in general. I mean, he only lost one to Chelsea's Conte, right? 1-0 in the in Hazard, right? But look at this. He knows, how, he knows how to play finals. He knows how to play finals. He, that is his thing. That's his bread and butter. So, fans need to put all this into consideration when they are talking about, you know, Mourinho and trying to you know, rubbish the guy. And the funny thing is, even as there's been away from the media and all that, I'm seeing a lot of them trying to say, oh, what Mourinho trying to... Because a lot, when he was at sports, I mean, they frustrated sports. I'm, ah, nah, my episode was that period. It was really... My Twitter was toxic. Everything was toxic. Because the fan base were like, we hate him, we want him. And even though I always, I tend to defend the guy, oh my God, the amount of abuse, insults I collected, I, that he sent my way. And I got blocked by a lot of fans because of it. Well, it was ridiculous. It's, again, I still say this, right? I think Mourinho, Mourinho's sacking was... was um, I don't think it was cool. If you look at the circumstances surrounding it and what he had to deal with, I think that was unfair. But looking at the way he's doing at Roma, it still points back to the sports ownership. He's doing well somewhere else. How come he didn't do well at sports? And this is, again, this was because I think this question sports could leave him to answer, answer himself. Conte and Mourinho done well elsewhere. How come they didn't do well at sports? You know, this is where we have this question and we ask. If you see is doing a good job after these two perfect examples, well, I don't know what to say anymore. That's just it. We just have to just hope and pray that sports get a takeover because <laughs> the way it's going there, eh? I don't know, man. But yeah, um, I think that's the end of this episode. Um, thanks for listening. Oh, it's Premier League Football this weekend. I uh, return on Monday and then hopefully uh, there's a lot more fun to, to, to witness. Listen, for the rest of the season, everybody knows this, right? Already, I've said this already. I mean, whatever, whatever sports do with their season, I do not care. Again, for now, I do not care till the summer. The season has ended in my mind. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not invested in it. The season has ended till the summer. When a new manager comes in, I'm thinking of sports. Um, 
change in the board or some of new things as sports. Well. Pratichi's um, appeal got upheld. Um, sorry, his appeal is banned, got upheld. So he's effectively banned for 13 months from anything football related. By as a result of that, he has to resign from any from, from sports, his sports role as um, director. Now listen, Pratichi, let's be real, the transfers have been good. Kulosevsky, Romero. Um, we haven't seen this guy yet. Um, what's his name? This left. What's his name again? Udoji. We haven't seen him yet, but we can understand that you know, looking at what he's doing at Udinese, he has been good. Poro, Poro was good somewhere else. Again, I also say this: do not judge the guy of the first season. But look at the signings that he has made. He has having some misses here. I mean, Real is kind of a miss. There are misses here and there, but I think they've they've done well to. He has done relatively good. I mean, you're not going to get all of them at this, all of them right. And even though you miss out on Paraskelia, well, you know, you miss some and you get some. Now, I suppose we have to get in the hunt for a new manager and a new football director. I'm thinking, I think that's Scott Moon. I think it's Scott Moon. He's the one that's going to replace him. Recently appointed, and so he's going to replace Paratici. So we'll see how that guy operates. And um, I think, I hope you understand that the priority in the summer is center backs. So, you know, that's the priority. That is the huge priority because we're on course to. To, to um, I think consider the most good. I think that purchase year, if they've not passed it already, the goals they considered already. But I think they are cost to if they've not, that is they've not passed it already. So, suppose it's not looking good. And it's another thing that is written off again, which does frustrate and annoy me. Of dying, but what can I do? And that's just just my my take on that. But yeah, my rest of my season, I'm spending it on cheering Man City to ensure that Arsenal don't win the, win anything, win the league. And so that they win, even though they say, well, we finish our sport, well, okay, you guys, when we, you, you will make fun of that for the last three to four years or six years. So it's not like it holds any water again because by your own admission, you all thought, said that St. Tutorinam Day was irrelevant. So, you know, it's by your own your own word. You said it with your mind, not, not we. But yeah, um, I think I have to this episode. I want to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm returning on Monday to talk more football. And hopefully, um, Man City have won their game and Southampton have beaten Arsenal because Arsenal played tonight and hopefully Southampton has, has won tonight so we can have more banter material. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for listening. Have a great weekend and bye.